Rencast number nine, Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair, part two. Another crappy podcast production. Hi there, this is Alan of AtTheFair.com. That's fair with an E at the end. And this is the Rencast show number nine, the podcast that proves beyond a shadow of a doubt that, yeah, anyone can have their own podcast. Welcome back to the Rencast. This episode is being recorded in my new podcast production facility, which in podspeak means spare bedroom. I've been in the process of getting things packed, moved, and unpacked lately, which may explain why I haven't posted a show in a while. Well, rest assured, I will eventually get back to work on more episodes featuring interviews already recorded from the Nebraska Renaissance Fair, Oklahoma Renaissance Festival, and Renaissance Fair of the Midlands. If you'd like to encourage me to get back on track sooner rather than later, drop by anothercrappypodcast.com, then click on the world map link at the top. That'll help you mark your spot on my listener world map and let me know you're there, because without listeners, I'd just be talking to myself, and I do that enough as it is. Well, previously on the Rencast, we started our tour of the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair in Wentzville, Missouri, by talking to various entertainers and merchants I encountered as we wandered around. Today, for part two, we continue the tour with even more entertainers and merchants. Now, by this point of the day, we'd walked all the way to the far back corner of the festival and stopped to chat with a food merchant positioned just across the way from the pirate ship stage. My name is Penny Grant, and we are Festival Fair Concessions Company, and we've uh, constructed a Celtic cottage. And this is where you come to sit on a hay bale or play chess or to enjoy the flowers and eat a Omaha steak sandwich and ribbon fries and real Scottish shortcake. We have Scottish strawberry shortcake, and it's delicious. Now, how long have you had this at the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair? This is our third year. Okay, because this used to be a completely different area Mm -hmm. a few years ago, right? Right, right. It's much much fancier now. It's a little more fancy, a little more family-friendly. We have tables for people to sit down and enjoy their meals. And have you been doing Renaissance festivals yourself for a long time? No, this is our first festival. I actually came out here one year and just did not enjoy the food. And so I was challenged to come out and and do better. And I, I feel like we have. What is your most popular item? The sirloin steak sandwich with sautéed onions. And what's your least favorite item? Oh, you know, we also have a jerky cart where we sell uh, beef jerky and pickled sausage and it's my personal least favorite is pickled sausage. Everyone says it's delicious. I'm the only one. I'm with there. Any uh, anything else you'd like to share with us about why you like Renaissance festivals now? Why I like Renaissance festivals? It's it's just there's something for everyone, and even if the weather is bad, unlike other places, you can still have a very fun time. Well, she mentioned weather, but something tells me she wasn't around for the great floods of 1549. Strolling a little bit down the lane, I was attracted by this very fancy tent. My name is Chris Vine. I do costumes, fiery costumes. Okay, and what is the name of your shop? Crystal Fantasy Costumes. And how long have you been involved with Renaissance Festivals? I've been doing Renaissance since the early 90s. All right, and out of all the things you sell at festivals, what is your most popular item? Uh, probably the overlays and chemises. Really? Right. Okay, and... Um, what got you into festivals like this originally? Uh, some friends talked me into it, yes. And, and you liked it so much you just hung around? I just around? liked it so much I hung around. I did massage. I've done stones. And now I'm doing clothing. And um, what's your favorite thing about being at festivals? The people. Meeting the different people and being part of the family. Now, not all merchants were in fancy tents. Some of them were just walking around with pretty things looking pretty. 
I am Casey. I sell roses to passing couples and anyone who wants a rose at the fair. And how long have you been involved with festivals? Um, this is my second year working here, but I've been coming for several years. And what got you involved in festivals initially? Um, a friend of mine used to come to these and work, to, work at these, well, uh, volunteer as a cast a lot. And he made me come one year and I liked it a lot. What's your favorite thing about selling roses? About selling roses, I get to be a complete idiot. I can say whatever I want and it's all right because I'm in character. And what's the most popular rose color? Um, today, it's the dark pink. You know, years before I got into all the stuff I do today with festivals, I, I actually walked around and sold roses out of myself. But something tells me I didn't get nearly the attention that she does when she has her roses. Well, speaking of getting attention, there are a lot of acts at the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair that are kind of part of the, the regulars. They're there every year. People look forward to them. And um, when you get a chance to speak with one of them, you uh, take that opportunity. Uh, my name's Bill Messino. My character is Willie Campbell. I'm part of the musical group Three Pints Gone. Three Pints Gone. Do you guys have CDs? Yes, we have CDs. Now, we got a lot of them. Now, tell me a little bit about Three Pints Gone. Well, for numerous years, we were Wild Mountain Time, and we went through some uh, band changes, and we changed our name back in 2001. We've been Three Pints Gone ever since. We three CDs out right now, and a fourth one, which will be shipped to us on Monday. So... Next weekend, we'll have uh, our brand new CD, There Is a Ship. There Is a Ship. Yes. This one's actually, it's all uh, songs referring to the sea. They're all sea shanties or songs that have something to do with ships. Oh, excellent. And you guys are famous for uh, something. What is that? Uh, yeah, the Moose Song. Tell us about the Moose Song. Uh, the Moose Song, it's one of those love-hate relationships. No matter what we do, it always comes back to the moose. It's a song about... A man and his love of a moose, and it gets a little perverse. But, you know, I know there's a lot of innuendo, and we're supposed to think it's about something else. But, you know, I've listened to the words of that song, and surely it's not really about... Oh, yeah, that's what it's about. And, uh, in fact, our last CD, One More Round, we had to re-record the moose song, and we actually have 14 verses of the moose song on that one. We've also got it recorded a second time, which is a more... Um, family-friendly version that we're hoping maybe someday we'll get played on Dr. Demento. Oh, wow, that's great. And other than the Moose song, what epitomizes Three Pints Gone's music? Harmonies, a good time, just just a fun experience. We're very lively, you know, we're a high-energy show, and people seem to really appreciate that. You know, it's, it's uh, you're not going to sleep through one of our shows. And how can somebody find out more about Three Pints Gone? Well, funny you should ask. If you go to threepintsgone.com, and you can either spell out the word three or just put in the number three, and it'll take you right to our website. It has all kinds of information about our new CD on it. Also, at the bottom of the page, there's a button to go to, to join our Yahoo group. So if you want to be on our Yahoo group, because it makes it a lot easier for us to send emails to everyone, because... Our server won't let us send more than, like, 200 in a day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ah, uh, the legendary Three Pine Cons. Anything else you'd like to add? Jeez, thank you so much for just taking the, letting me talk with you. And, and uh, Renaissance Reporter, yes, great <laughs> magazine. Love it. We Fabulous. Like oh, I love that. It's, it's one of the only magazines I ever get that I actually read from cover to cover. <laughs> Thanks for your time. Thank you very much, John Paul.
Wow, well, that was cool. If you'd like to learn more about the regional Renaissance reporter that the guy from Three Pints Gone reads cover to cover, visit www.renreporter.com. For eight bucks, you can read it cover to cover, too. And since it's only 24 pages currently, uh, it's a pretty easy thing to do. Well, one of the things that this event is known for is its um, its character players. They they do a scenario each year. Um, of course, it's a French scenario since it's a French village, and they have a rather large cast of people that reenact things. And I found a few of them and tried to find out what they were up to. I am Madame Jeanac. I'm a scenario player this year. And you? I am on Duchess of Lorraine. And what do you what do you do here? Um, I'm trying to keep my husband from killing himself, which he has a duel at four o'clock. We don't know. And you? I'm looking for a husband. Both of you may be looking for a husband later oui. on. And uh, in this village, what is the village called? This is Petit Lyon. And what is the population? How many characters do we have in the village? Um, probably about 200, maybe a little more than that. And um, what, what is your favorite thing about being here? About being here? Definitely the joust. Joust? And you? The people. How long have you you've been involved with Renaissance festivals? I've been involved for five years now. Two years. Two years. And what's your what's your favorite thing? I like getting dressed up and portraying a different character for a day or yeah. two. To dress up and. Hey, we all like to dress up and play. That's why we do this. There was another group of people all dressed up, ready to play, but they were behind a fence, which always makes me want to go ask them why. I am Emily Francais. I am the midwife for Lyon. What is that exactly, or approximately? A midwife is somebody who assists in delivering their babies in four all over Lyon. Why, why am I talking to her? <laughs> because she's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you should tell him about the birthing hook. I do not want to tell him about the birthing hook. I don't want him to run screaming like oh, a little girl. Oh, he loves the birthing hook. He looks like a birthing hook kind of fellow. A birthing hook. A birthing hook is a long tool with a hook on the end. Uh-huh. And whenever the mother <laughs> is in distress, I use that to help assist and bring the baby out. Into this, the is, world. this is why doing interviews at Renaissance festivals is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't tell. I went, oh, she looks nice. Really, and, and uh, is there a lot of uh, birthing going on in this village? Uh, no, this year it is very, it's, uh, very slow. It's a very slow year for us. And how, uh, why is a birthing person hanging out in the kitchen? Uh, because I also run the Armand Sonorel. Which is, I knew you were going to ask, so I'm going to volunteer the information. (laughs) It was a welfare society for 15th century France. It was uh, set up by the Cardinal because he got tired of the poor touching his robes and making them ugly. So he said the Armand General so we can feed them and we can help uh, apprentice their children out to have jobs. So it's like a community, a communal kitchen kind of? Oh, kind of like Canada and, and, and healthcare. We oui, a very good yes. analogy. Analogy, yes. That's Socialism. French. Yes, it's French, right? Or us. <laughs> and what is your favorite thing about being in this village? My favorite thing is a favorite thing. I have a favorite thing. You have many favorite things. I have many, many favorite things. She mostly likes the, the, the Scots guard. They wear kilts, and she uh, is the kilt checker. Is that my job? That's your job as Nobody well. told me that was my job. Well, you better get to it. <laughs> oh, well, then I have to go. You can talk to Issa and Fina. I have to go find <laughs> Thank you for your time. <laughs> this, is, this is why. This is, seemed like a really good idea when I started it. I don't know about you, but that made me feel like I needed to go repent or something. I am a brother at the monastery we have here, and we just copy some manuscripts down in calligraphy and say prayers and answer questions about 
the Catholic religion. So, so this was kind of, in a way, it was like a, a period version of a Kinko's. Yes, that's what they used for copying manuscripts. That's where they had no printing press, so that's where all the books that were written were mostly written by monks. Pretty peaceful life? Yes. Was this uh, probably more peaceful do being in this particular role than, say, being out there fighting? Yeah, it's a, little, a lot more peaceful. What is your favorite thing about being here in this village? Uh, I can't say, really. It's difficult to say. You like it all? Yeah. And of course, everyone uh, dressed up wasn't necessarily wearing a Renaissance outfit. I'm Terry Sophie, and I'm the safety coordinator for the Renaissance Festival in St. Louis. Okay, are there a lot of people <laughs> running around like you in these yellow shirts? Um, we have a staff of about 12 people, and we get between 5 and 10 on, on site any given day. Okay, and what do you guys do? We provide first aid service, we look for lost children, we provide basically a BLS, basic life support service. That's the level of care we can provide. So when people come to the Greater St. Louis, Ren Fair, a missing child, somebody stubs their toe, we've got people back here taking care of us? Absolutely. Do you enjoy your work? Yes. All right, thank you for what you do. You bet. Thank you very much. Probably one of my favorite things about doing these interviews is when you approach someone and you kind of think you know what they might be portraying, and then you're completely wrong. It's always fun. Uh, I am Diane de Poitiers, Duchess de Valentinois, and <clears throat> mistress to the King of France. I got a good one. Um, and uh, what what do you do here in the village? Uh, well, I uh, walk around a lot with the other nobles, and I um, hang out with the king quite a bit. I, uh, I am basically to look very nice and fabulous for the king. Oh, and what is your favorite thing about the village of P Petit Lyon? Petit Lyon. My, my favorite thing about the village of Petit Lyon, uh, uh, obviously, is the Queen's Garden. It is a very nice and restful place. I also like the Scottish encampment. It is, they're always most welcoming there. And, and uh, tell me a little bit about this garden that we're in. Uh, well, the Queen's Garden uh, has many lovely plants. We are continually having the gardeners work on it a bit more. We have opened it up a bit this year without some of the walls that we had before so that more people know that it is here. Any closing comments? Uh, just if anyone has the opportunity to come out to um, Petit Lyon and enjoy our fair with us, we would welcome them. Petit Lyon. Uh, all this time I thought it was French for small kitty. I'm uh, Jean Renaud, Comte de Fronay, and the King's Justice. And what are your, your duties while you're here in the village? My duties are to make sure that the King and Queen's Day runs very smoothly. Um, I run their schedule, uh, make sure that there are uh, no possible assassination attempts, um, other criminals in the area. Now, I've heard that there might be some, uh, some possible conflict coming on later today. Can you fill us in on that? Yes, we have two men, uh, Jeanac, uh, Monsieur Jeanac and Monsieur Chatagneray, um, have hated each other for years, uh, and now they are petitioning the king for a duel to the death. And did he grant that? Yes, he has granted that petition, and we will settle it here on this field of honor this afternoon. Okay, now, if I were a betting man, who should I put my money on? Everyone uh, is betting on Chatagneray. Sounds like a safe bet. Anything else you'd like to add about the village or anything? Uh, Petit Lyon is, uh, I think, one of the nicest places we get to visit uh, on the King's progress through France. Uh, I always look forward to coming here every year. Thank you for your time, sir. Don't rien. Don, 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 you know, I need to go over to Babelfish and uh, kind of translate that. Uh, you know, it is a nice village, except for all the peasants. I'm just a peasant selling some peanuts. Really? And do you sell a lot of peanuts in the village? Not much, but I do sell a lot of snow cones. Oh, and how long have you been involved vending at a festival? Third year, I believe. Third, Third year, year, yes. And what, what do you like the most about Renaissance festivals? The characters. The characters. And what is your name? Uh, Robin. Robin. Just Robin? Robin. The yes. peanut and snow cone seller. Yes. Thank you.
You're welcome. Now you're welcome, I can understand. But what I don't get is, where'd all these lepers come from? My name is Scrag the Leper. And, I uh, beg. <laughs> you beg. You beg. And, and what's the life of a leper like? Oh, the life of a leper, it, it, it actually depends on who you, how the witch, which way do you look at it. See, I look at it as it's grand. I don't have to work. I don't have to worry about bills. I don't have to worry about taxes. And obviously, all I have to do is beg for my next meal. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, how many lepers are there in this village? Actually, there's two right down there. And uh, a lot of them are in hiding because we're having an extermination this week. Calm down, man. Get a grip of yourself. You're falling apart. <laughs> I bet you haven't heard that one yet. And no. what's, your, what's your favorite part about being in this French village? Uh, the French village? Uh, see, a lot of things don't smell as like a lot of things don't smell as bad as me here. Or me, well, excuse me. Let me rephrase that. Okay. You Other smell places. As bad exactly. It's there, you go. See, there you go. <laughs> Any closing comments? Any closing comments? Live life to the fullest, and if all else fails, just give me a case. <laughs> well, that was interesting. Now, another interesting thing was this little path that led through the children's realm and just kind of spiraled its way through some kind of fantasy realm. Just went, kept, kept on going and going and going, and then it finally opened up into a little area with a mysterious shack and a mysterious man outside in front of the shack doing mysterious things. I'm Michael Henry. I'm a full-time professional magician all over the world. And do you do a lot of Renaissance festivals? I do this one, and I do Kansas City, and occasionally do Dallas. Of all the venues that you play, you know, corporate events and things like that, how do Renaissance festivals rank as far as the fun factor? Fun factor? Oh, well, intense factor is the way that I put it. Where else can you go and in six hours do 14 to 18 shows under conditions of just astounding variety of people? It's the way it works. It's the way, you know... Well, Life in a nutshell. Okay, well, what do you like best about performing at a Renaissance festival as opposed to something with, say, air conditioning? The pressure, actually. Really? I thrive on the pressure. Really? And uh, what, is, what is your favorite thing to do at a festival? Oh, as far as the effects that I perform? Yes. Well, I have one where every time I do it, it destroys a deck of cards. Destroys a deck of cards? Oh, isn't absolutely. That, isn't that expensive? It can be. That's why I don't do it a lot. But I, I call it, it's, it's my all-purpose effect. It involves violence. Sex, well, no, no sex. It involves violence, gambling, cards, money, drugs. Now, if I could work sex into it, I'd have a mini series on Fox. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> okay, can you do it for us live on the podcast right now? It's long. It's about ten minutes. Oh no, do a short one. <sighs> simple mind reading. Okay, simple well, mind I can't reading. Do that. May I use you? Yes. All right. Describe what you're is? doing. Deandra. Deandra, good to meet you. I'm Dr. Henry. I'm honored. We'll try this. Ladies um, and gentlemen, a podcast first, a magic trick done on an audio-only show. <laughs> I did this in, in uh, Belfast on one of the major radio stations, one of, one of their big popular guys. and uh, He was good, though. He, oh, he's going on. Oh, this is... A, well, I'll show you the one that I did, in fact. And uh, he's going on. I just take this key. It's from a haunted house. And I focus on it. And you can describe this also, but my hand is not moving. Looks like a skeleton I just put key. some energy into it. Looks like it's raising up a little bit. It will move. The key is in a, flipping vertical. It is actually standing up on its edge it's and flipping over. Uphill. Look at that. That's creepy. I just this one of the things I can do <laughs> that I cannot explain. Seriously, there's magic and there's magic. I do some tricks and when it's a trick, I'll tell you. That's entertainment. But magic is the world's second oldest profession. <laughs> 
I'm serious. I'm That's historical. I'm convinced. I have no evidence to support this, but I believe it's true. Magic arose in direct response to the world's oldest profession because men realized right away that women had all the power and they had to come up with something to get some of that power back. <laughs> it's a whole new main to turning tricks. Oh, no. And <laughs> <laughs> that was my next joke you stole. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> but that's all right. That's all right. I keep remembering I'm not performing at this festival, so I should... <laughs> we'll try this again here. Okay. Um, just grab one. Okay, you got it. This is it's not exactly a pick-a-card trick. I'm going to try to read your mind, all right? Put it back on here. I can't promise this, is, this will work. I'll cut the deck. Describe what I'm doing here. Bury it down there in the middle. Now focus on your card. Think about it. Think about it. No promises again. I'm going to just go through these, take a quick look. I'm not getting it. Let me turn it around this way so you can see the cards. Uh, can you see your card, the one that you just picked? You saw it? Yeah. Okay, it was a black mm -hmm. card. Spades. Mm -hmm. Jack of spades. Yes. Whoa. Wow. <laughs> well, how could somebody learn more about you and the things that you do? My website, michaelthewizard.com. This is my full-time job. I also do tours of a local, very haunted area. There are at least I've identified at least 29 locations that report activity. I don't have evidence to support all of those. I'm uh, based in St. Louis. St. Louis, okay. But uh, I lived in St. Charles for 30 years, and I have uh, significant research, formal and in informal. That sounds like that could be the uh, theme of a whole dedicated podcast. <sighs> can be done can be done. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Now, a few years earlier, I ran into a guy um, that was actually performing some stuff in the shack. I ran into him again this time uh, as a tourist. My name is DJ, and I'm here today because I'm a big fan of the local scene. I've worked here for about five years and finally had to move on because I had things in life. Sometimes, occasionally, we have to venture out into the real world and make real money as opposed to the little wooden coins. But, uh, you know, otherwise, I'm here to uh, check out the scene and have some uh, fun with my friends. Now, what keeps you coming back to Greater St. Louis year after year? Well, I keep coming back to Greater St. Louis every year after year because they continue to grow. It's really amazing that... Uh, uh, every year they press forward and have more booths, they have more buildings, they have more shows. It's amazing the uh, potential that they have here. I was here absolutely first year. So how dramatic of a change is it in 2006? Well, let's put it this way. The original pub at the top of the hill was four posts and a tarp. The original uh, jousting field was eight posts and some rope. We had some benches. They were very nice. We were happy when we got some uh, picnic tables. They were also very nice. So, I mean, t the difference between then and now is incredibly dramatic. We're standing in an area where we have a building, which is the Magician's Shack, that was built uh, about three or four years ago. But to get up here the first year, you would have had to voyage through uh, briars and woods and angry, biting animals and snakes. I mean, you just simply could not get to this point in the first year. The first year, the entrance was actually at the opposite end of the park because we simply could not get into the other. So the uh, the, the, the major thing is is that it's, it's been a lot of growth. I mean, we're talking about uh, we've opened up new roads. We've opened up new paths. We've completely cleared whole areas of wilderness. I was there. I burnt the brush myself. What is the thing that you think is the most impressive or the thing that, that epitomizes the Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair the most? If you are a patron that has been coming here since the beginning, the thing that epitomizes the Greater St. Louis area the most is 
all of the buildings as a whole. I mean, you come in, if you came in here the first year, you saw us all standing around selling out of tents. And you come over here six, seven years later, suddenly we've got permanent buildings, two-story buildings. We've got bars and pubs, and we've got a grandstand and towers for our, uh, for our joust. Uh, that's that's what epitomizes the Greater St. Louis Fair. There's not any one thing because it is the combined effort of all of the people that came together to make these things happen. Some vendors, some volunteers, uh, some of the people on the board, the people that, that really pushed to have these things happen. You know, I mean, these are people that stayed up all night for weeks. And is it still growing? As far as I can tell, I mean, it's amazing. And one other amazing thing is the closing ceremonies held every day at this festival, where Elven Drums and many other regulars get up there and have a fantastic farewell jam session. I'm Dave of Elven Drums. It's a band of elves. We've been playing at this festival since the first year it started. What does the Elven Drums actually do? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's a band of elves. We do original music that's based on elf and fairy folklore. It's all songs that are really positive about being true to yourself, even if you're something weird like an elf or a fairy. And uh, it's all upbeat and lots of fun. And, you know, I can't help but notice that you're all elves. Well, actually, this year we've had some changes to our band. We're almost calling ourselves Elven Drums Redo because we had four original members that stayed together for almost 12 years. And this year, one of them decided to retire because his back fell apart. Oh, well, yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, that, I mean, that, yeah, he got, we broke him. We broke him. And, and the other one is, was my sister, Dragontina, and she decided that she just didn't want to do stuff with her big sister any longer. So you, After 11 years, I think almost anyone that would hear this would understand why your sister might want to escape from you. And, and where do you pick up new Elven drums members, Star Trek conventions, Vulcan, yeah. Gillicott, yeah. Yeah. yeah, you never know. They they hang around all kinds of strange places. Live long Actually, and yeah, stay on something, tempo. Something like that, yeah. Actually, what we did is we've had a couple of guitar players that we've worked with for a while. One is on our second CD, Gateway to Fairy, and we just recruited him as an as an elven player. The strange thing about Greg, though, is that he's human. I mean, he's completely human. He is so human that he refuses to even talk about elven things. He is so enchanted. He plays with us, but he actually doesn't act like he knows that we're elves. Yeah, I, I get that a lot from yeah, me, too. Yeah, so we keep feeding him fairy food, you know, trying to keep him enchanted so he plays with us. He's Greg, the guitar player. Oh. And then there's Randy. And Randy is an, is an old friend. Randy, that's his name. I'm Unfortunately, sorry, I feel really sorry for him at the Ren, Renfest circuit. That That's his actual name, Randy. He's a lot of fun, too. Um, these guys have played together in country bands before, so we knew them from well, the music is, circuit. This and is just the, like that. It's just a yeah. whole other country. And Aubrey's band. Aubrey was in a band, a Dread Pirate Aubrey. She's an elf, because all the elven drummers are indeed elves. And she wants to be a pirate. But she's not very good at it. She's kind of wimpy. How many CDs do you all have? Well, we have three that we claim. We have one that we did in the basement. We don't claim that one. Our first one, Elven Star. It was a sellout in a couple of months. It was 300 copies pressed in the basement. Actually, the few people who've gotten them, like, almost regret that they have them after they've heard them. What is your favorite part of performing at Renaissance Festivals? Oh, my gosh. I love the audiences. That's why we still do Renaissance Festivals, because we do a lot of plugged-in things, too, you know, with electric equipment. We do probably more electric equipment, especially with the, the group that we have now, than we do this. But we love the audiences. It's right up and, up and personal, right close. There's lots of time that you play around around on the stage and stick each other and make a lot of jokes and play with the audience and you just don't get that anywhere else. We like the intimacy of it. The best part though is the other musicians. We've been playing for years. I think since the second year we've played with Three Pints Gone when even when they were Wild Mountain Time before and we've been on had some bad experiences with the stage, you know, the roof falling in and things on it. <laughs> so we'd actually play their songs and they play ours with us. They join us on stage, we join them, we play drums for them. They sing backup harmonies for us, especially on Rhymer. So you don't get that anywhere else. We also work with Seeley Court. 
with oh, them, and okay. have done a lot of work with them, and um, have considered doing some side projects too with them because they just we all fit together so well. Here it's this collegial feeling that you don't get anywhere else. No other Renaissance festivals that we work at are as good at that as St. Louis. But what happens is we just really play off each other. You learn everybody's music, and then you add what you can add to it, and it's just the greatest feeling. So it's like the Greater St. Louis Supergroup. It is. It is. It's just well, actually today I was only off the stage twice for oh, 20 wow. minutes each time. I played with everybody. Hardest working elf in yeah, show business. You know, I think now, every, all of us would do that if we could get away with it. Now, where does somebody go to learn more about Elven Drums? Elvendrums.com. E-L-V-E-N-D-R-U-M-S. All one word. Have a website. We have three CDs. Um, the Dragon, Gateway to Fairy, and Drumstruck, which is all percussion. And who doesn't love the sound of drumming elves? Well, on that note, I think that'll do it for me this time, so be sure to visit atthefair.com. That's fair with an E at the end, remember, where you can browse over 31,000 digital pictures I've taken at Renaissance festivals around the Midwest, including this one. And if you want to drop me a note, visit anothercrappypodcast.com and send me some feedback. This has been the Rencast, show number 9, Greater St. Louis Renaissance Fair Part 2. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you at the fair. Another Crappy Podcast production. The music used at the beginning and the ending of this podcast is Packington's Pound by the Orcs and Trolls. To learn more about this and other equally exciting uh, podcasts, be sure to visit www.anothercrappypodcast.com. If you'd like some print to go with this audio, be sure to check out the Regional Renaissance Reporter a quarterly magazine dealing with all things Renaissance Festival-related, now in its seventh issue. A one-year subscription is just 8 bucks, and two years is a mere $14. So subscribe today, or we'll kill the otter. You can learn more at www.renreporter.com. If there was anything else we had to mention or plug, we'd be plugging and mentioning it right now. If you have something we should mention or plug, be sure to contact us because we have space to fill. Thirty minutes coming up now.